Hi, welcome to Tea and Mystics. My name's Kim. Picture it. Belgium, the mid-thirteenth century. A young, educated woman becomes enraptured by God and is given a series of visions. The woman is so transformed by the experiences that she attempts to carve out a new way for a woman devoted to God to live within her society. She is neither a nun nor married to a man of means. She becomes part of a movement known as the Beguines. The mystic Hadowick did not leave behind much information about her material life, but she did create beautifully composed writings that share insights into her spiritual life. The collected works of Hadowick are broken down into four parts, her letters, poems and stanza, visions, and poems and couplets. Developed throughout all her writings is Hadowick's understanding of God as love and love as God. When reading Hadowick's collected works, you are first introduced to her through a series of letters that she composed. Scholars believe the letters were written for young Beguines who were previously under Hadowick's tutelage and or care. Through the letters, the reader learns that Hadowick has been ostracized from her community, although we never do learn why. The letters are often attempting to encourage the recipients of the letters to continue living the spiritual lessons that Hadowick has previously shared. It is no easy feat to follow the spiritual path which Hadowick illuminated in her writings. Be on your guard, therefore, and let nothing disturb your peace. Do good under all circumstances, but with no care for any profit or any blessedness or any damnation, or any salvation, or any martyrdom, but all you do or omit should be for the honor of love. When reading Hadowick's letters, it can be easy to turn into an amateur sleuth, trying to uncover the mystery of who exactly this woman was, and what happened to cause her to be separated from her community. Perhaps, though, we do a disservice to ourselves and Hadowick when we do not first approach her letters as though they are written to us. Perhaps the lessons that she shares are meant to be contemplated, and it is from there that the reader will learn who Hadowick truly was, or, at least, how she understood herself, her world, and divinity. Hadowick's letters are a perfect introduction to her theology, as it is, at times, most clearly stated within them. After her letters, Hadowick's poems and stanza are presented. It is immediately clear when reading the poems and stanza that Hadowick had a mastery of the courtly love poetry form that was popular during her time. The poems are often filled with woe, as the writer, who at times takes on the role of the knight within the chivalric poetry tradition, longs for love's full embrace, but is kept from it. I know brave knights, strong of hand, in whom I place my fullest trust. They ever serve in the chains of love, and they fear no pain, grief, or vicissitudes, but they wish to fare through all that land which the loving soul ever found with love in love.
Their noble heart is of lordly turn. They know what love teaches with love, and how love honors the loyal lover with love. The order in which the poems appear to us as the reader are the order which Hadowick herself intended them to be read in. Each section of her writing is taking us on a journey which she has mapped out beforehand. The poems themselves speak to feelings of isolation, rejection, fear, and hope. Hadowick often relates the movement of love to that of the cycles of the seasons and to the flow of life in flora and fauna. When March begins we see, all beings live again, and all plants spring up, and in a short time turn green. It is the same with longing, particularly that of the true lover. In his lawsuit with love he wishes to win, and to become so bold against her that she will give herself wholly in love, and live wholly as love with love. If he could not conquer her entirely, it would be a great pain in him. For Hadowick, love is reality. It is the bedrock of all. In her poetry and prose, Hadowick displays the depths of love and with it the yearning and anguish that are a part of it. Sometimes a fire and sometimes cold sometimes cautious and sometimes reckless. Love is full of fickleness. Love summons us all to pay our great debt for her rich power which she invites us to share. Sometimes gracious and sometimes fierce, sometimes aloof and sometimes close by. For him who understands this in fidelity to love, it is matter for jubilation how love knocks down and seizes at one stroke. It is after the poems and stanza that Hadowick's visions are presented to the reader and we are able to experience the depths of her knowledge and where it may have come from. A reader can take a long time unraveling the visions presented within the text, the visions are evocative and invite the reader to enter into them and picture in their own mind's eye what is being described. In one vision, Hadowick describes and shares her encounter with reason. I saw in the spirit a queen come in clad in a gold dress, and her dress was all full of eyes and all the eyes were completely transparent, like fiery flames, and nevertheless like crystal. And the crown she wore on her head had as many crowns one above another as there were eyes in her dress. You shall hear the number when she herself declare it. Before the queen walked three maidens. One had on a red cloak of state and carried two trumpets in her hands. And she blew on one of them and said, Whoever does not hearken to my lady will be eternally deaf to happiness and never more hear or see the highest melody and the wonder of powerful love. And the other trumpet sang and said, 
Whoever flies and goes the ways my lady loves shall be powerful in the kingdom of love. Through Hadowick's visions, we learn more about her Trinitarian understanding of Christianity. And he who sat on the throne in heaven said to me, These three thrones I am in three persons, throne, man, the cherubim, the Holy Spirit, and the seraphim in my fruition in which I am all. And through the visions, we experience more of her love mysticism. You have called me and sought me, what and who I, love, am, myriads of years before the birth of man. See and receive my spirit. With regard to all things, know what I, love, am in them. And when you fully bring me yourself, as pure humanity in myself, through all the ways of perfect love, you shall have fruition of me as the love who I am. Until that day, you share love what I, love, am, and then you will be love as I am love. Hadowick's visions are written after reflection and with purpose. One senses that she is not merely writing down what she saw and experienced, but is also carefully selecting each word to make the most impact. There is little doubt that Hadowick did not compose the entirety of the writings that we have with the motivation that others would read and learn from them. After the visions, we return to poetry in the form of couplets. When one reaches the last poem and the last piece of writing we have of Hadowick's, we are given the seven names of love. It feels as though the reader has traveled a path, at times difficult, to arrive at a point of illumination about love. Hadowick shares. Love has seven names, which, as you know, are appropriate to her. Chain light, live coal, and fire. These four names designate the awe love inspires. The other three names are great and strong, forever insufficient, but resonate of eternity. They are dew, living spring, and hell. If I mention these names to you, it is because they are found in scripture. In order to say enough of their nature, and what they bear witness to and show forth, that I am not deceiving you, and that love does not behave as I say, is known by everyone who live wholly for love. Hadowick continues the poem by describing each name of love. I have spent the past two weeks with Hadowick and can admit that it is easy to get lost in her poems and visions. When we, as readers, approach most texts, we are often beginning with preconceived notions of what the author wants to say. Perhaps we are silencing the text when we do this, not allowing it to be fully alive to our own eyes and ears. When doing some reading on Hadowick's writings outside of the texts 
themselves, I most often came across pieces attempting to answer the questions of how and where she lived. The lack of information on Hadowick's material life seems to often be viewed as a loss or a weakness as opposed to a strength. Hadowick's life is presented in the forms she wanted it to be in, and she left us clues as to what her inner life was. It seems to me to be a powerful ownership of oneself, and that the true loss may be in not focusing more on what Hadowick shares in her own prose and poetry, as they are lessons for us. Hadowick challenges the reader in many ways. She breaks apart the conception of the mystic being one who attains a sense of bliss or pure connection through their visions or ecstatic states. Throughout her writings, Hadowick discusses how it is living the everyday human experience that we can understand the divine. For Hadowick, it is important that one does not forget or downplay that Jesus Christ was fully human. She highlights how difficult it can be to at one time feel connected with the divine and then again to feel separated from it and to crave to again be immersed in the great love. There is so much to unravel and live through these writings. And if you want to learn more from Hadowick, then you will want to pick up a copy of her complete works that were published by the Classics of Western Spirituality and was translated by Mother Columba Hart. All excerpts that are shared in this podcast are from that text and the translation. While spending time with Hadowick and her love mysticism, I have been sipping on Secura Rose Jasmine Tea from Genuine Tea. This is a lovely tea that invites you to slow down and smell and then taste the rose as it mingles with the jasmine. Thanks so much for spending time with Tea and Mystics. Cheers!